0: Hey, bada boom, bada bing. This is Agent Steelbeak, and you're listening to the St. Canard Files. But I gotta tell you, listening to Dipwing Dork Podcast ain't gonna win you any brownie points with me. <laughs> hey, listen, when you leave, don't let the door hit you with a good Lord Splitcher. Bye bye.
1: guess we're on Steelbeak's bad side now. <laughs> oh well, what do you Welcome to the St. Bernard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, and
0: Tiffany Braun.
1: How's it going, Tiff?
0: Pretty good.
1: And I want to thank the legendary Rob Paulson for recording that intro for us. I was very honored to have written that, except for the last part of that. He made that up himself. Uh, <laughs> go, Rob. And of course, thank you, Will, for putting it Setting it up for us, that was very, very cool.
0: Nice. Anyway, and
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, here we are to talk about uh, issue nine of Boom's Darkwing Duck comic, the first issue of the brand new story arc, Foul Disposition. Um, before we get there, well, you know, we always do a little bit of pre-talk, and uh, as many of you who listened to the last issue knew, we recorded that one while Tiffany was on vacation. <laughs> and uh, welcome back. I hope you had a good time.
0: I did. Very and, fun. Um,
1: so discussing vacations made us think about um, something really relevant to this podcast. Disney. And it turns out me and you have been to Disney quite a lot. Uh, yep. On years Disney. ago, <laughs> on different coasts, you're right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> me and Will had this conversation about two years ago. So, you know, we can repeat it. Um, so you've been to Disneyland. I've been to Disney World. Have you ever been
0: to Florida? I haven't even been to the state of Florida.
1: (laughs) Uh, And I've never been to the state of California. So I don't know (laughs) Disneyland. You don't know Disney World. So um, I guess our experiences definitely are different. How often have you been to Disneyland?
0: I couldn't even count how many times I've been to Disneyland. I used to go multiple times a year since I was a kid. Although now, within the last three years, and also since I moved up to the Bay Area, which is a lot farther, um, I don't go as often.
1: Also, COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, because of that, I haven't, I actually haven't gone at all in like three years, I guess. But before that, it was maybe once a year for 10 years.
1: (laughs) Wow. Nice. So, you probably have some really great memories.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely a lot of childhood memories. And um, there's actually a day that me and my friends would always go, which is called Bats Day. I don't know if you know about that on the East Coast.
1: (laughs) I've never heard of that.
0: (laughs) It's like the spooky kind of goth meetup day where everyone goes.
1: Oh, that's your thing, definitely, right?
0: Yeah, it's super fun. And then there's always a meetup at the Haunted Mansion where everybody takes pictures. And it's people from all over the place that go really fun there's another one called dapper day where i've heard
1: i've heard of that
0: yeah that one's super fun too so i like going to all the little special events
1: cool what are your favorite attractions
0: um well haunted mansion well yeah (laughs) i like indiana jones i went there when it opened that was Uh, fun
1: we don't have that one
0: um let's see i like um, just in, um, just in Disneyland, not California Adventure. It could be either. Um, I actually love all the Fantasyland rides, although I know they're not thrill rides, so not as many okay. people love them.
1: <laughs> they're a loss. They're a loss.
0: <laughs> and, uh, the, of the thrill rides, I think I like the Matterhorn the best.
1: I want to go on that so bad, but I know it's super <laughs> rough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs>
1: i don't know if my legs and my back could take it if i ever i i had to stop going on space uh, space mountain for that reason and i heard uh worse
0: oh man i used to love space mountain so much and then i don't know i one day i went and i just had the thought of not being able to see anything and the possibility of getting hit in the face
1: <laughs> oh, like oh my that. god and i'm six and then- feet tall so i know how that feels <laughs>
0: Yeah, so then my anxiety got the better of me, and now I don't have as fun of a time on Space Mountain.
1: <laughs> yeah, the anxiety got me once. The last time I rode Tower of Terror, I had an anxiety attack on it, and I've never been back on it.
0: I love Tower of Terror, but they cl- they reskinned it here at California. Yeah. Now it's um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is really, really sad.
1: <laughs> I know. For me. <laughs> So, yeah, of course, I have a few more parks to choose from when it comes to uh, the Disney parks on my side of the country. Um, But my favorite park definitely is the Magic Kingdom. Like you, I love all the Fantasyland rides. I hate that the dark rides are slowly going away like Snow White is gone. Um, And, of course, yeah, they got rid of that. They made the um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which the last time... Only time it was open when I was there was the last time I was there, and the line was too long, so we couldn't do it. Was it? Um, is
0: it? Was it called Snow White's Scary Adventure there too? Yes. Okay.
1: And uh, shame that went. And I have vague memories of riding Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, oh, um, yeah. a ride I am absolutely fascinated by. And I love it's, that. <laughs> it's just it was. I'm sad it's gone, and it's been gone for a really long time. Is it
0: but, Finding
1: Nemo there, too? No, they just bulldoze the entire thing. That's where um, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, um, the Be Our Guest Restaurant, and the Voyage mm-hmm. of the Little Mermaid are. All of that space. Wow. Yeah, that was a big attraction, but they just bulldozed the whole thing. They didn't turn that into something else.
0: That is sad.
1: <laughs> I used to like Epcot a lot more. They... Based on what I've been reading, Epcot is changing really hardcore. A lot of stuff is going. A lot of stuff is being changed to different Disney IPs. Although I have to say, I like walking around World Showcase, going to all the countries. Um, back when I used to drink, which I cannot anymore because I'm getting old, uh, <laughs> used to enjoy a, a you know a beer in Germany, a beer in Japan, maybe a, a Bavarian pretzel. Right. But um, I can't do that anymore, even if I was to go back. But you know, there's, there's the um, the Donald Duck Three Caballeros boat ride in Mexico I really enjoy.
0: Whoa, I didn't even know about that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and it's really cool because it's got um, mostly screens um, with animation by Eric Goldberg of the characters, which is really cool. And th- the very, very end, they use animatronics of Donald, Jose, and Panchito from a really <laughs> oh. old um, stage show that they closed in the early 80s at Magic Kingdom. And they repurpose the animatronics for the end of the ride. But <laughs> Donald <laughs> keeps breaking. Jose keeps breaking. <laughs> they keep falling over. They keep taking them out. It's Aww. it's only a matter of time before they um, revamp that ride and make it into Coco. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, it would.
1: <laughs> um, the, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios really isn't for me anymore. I like Star Wars just fine, but not enough to... go to those rides and uh, in the um that whole area they have there now i'm not a big fan of disney's version of star wars i'm really just a big fan of the newer ones Uh, not the newer ones the original trilogy i'm sorry Mm -hmm. um the only thing i like really 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 love at hollywood studios that's still there is muppet vision
0: yeah which is
1: like the last thing jim henson did and, like, that would be that would be heartbreaking if they closed that. I would be so upset. And Animal Kingdom, I think I've only been to twice. Not a park for me. I think my daughter <laughs> would get a kick out of it because she loves animals. But there really isn't really much for me there. And honestly, the last time we went was in 2017, and Helena was two and a half. She doesn't remember it, but she did have a good time. Amazingly, we got her on the Pirates, and she was not scared. I was surprised. Nice. Um, I was very surprised, and she wants to go. But between COVID, and it's not even honestly. It's not even COVID anymore. It's Disney's priced itself completely out of my price range, like ever since they've reopened since COVID, and the price is getting higher. You have to pay to park at the hotels now. They have paid Fast Pass, whatever that's called, Genie Plus, yeah. Lightning, whatever it's called. Now you pay for the Fast Pass, like per ride or something like that. Yeah. And, it's and the prices are skyrocketing. It's insane.
0: I think even for people that are handicapped, they, it's not as accessible as it used to be.
1: And I was telling you um, off mic before that I really feel like these prices. You know, in addition to Disney being completely greedy, if the parks were cheaper, they would be so crowded, they wouldn't even be manageable. I mean, yeah. they're they're crowded even at these prices. If Disney doesn't keep raising prices, they'll just be too crowded to even go to. So yeah. I'm not playing devil's advocate. I mean, I guess I am, but I kind of see why. But I also think they're just completely greedy at the same time. I mean...
0: Yeah, that's true. Because they could always just have a, a cap, and just you know, you have to buy tickets in advance.
1: And have you read about that Star Wars hotel?
0: No. Oh, yeah, I did. Six grand a night. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's and it's like a specific two day stay. Like that's all you can do, mm-hmm. and you can go to um, uh, what do you? Well, I don't even remember what the Star Wars section's even called, um. You can go there, and like the whole like the hotel doesn't have windows, and it's just it doesn't sound fun. It sounds like a jail. And I mean, I don't have six thousand dollars to spend a night to go to any hotel.
0: I I haven't been to uh, Disneyland since Star Wars Land opened.
1: I can't believe we're sitting here talking about it, but neither of us remember what it's even called. That shows how little I care.
0: I mean, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan, and I would love to go, but, um, yeah, it just, it opened, like, right at the... Right w-
1: before, yeah.
0: Yeah, the See, time.
1: <laughs> I like Star Wars, but again, like I said, I don't like Disney Star Wars, and that's specifically what all the new stuff at the Disney parks are themed after. It's all themed after the new ones. Um,
0: I'm kind of I- one of those annoying Star Wars fans that... <laughs> Is kind of like Star Wars can do no wrong.
1: <laughs> See, I'm the annoying Star Wars fan who only likes original Star Wars. So we're both annoying Star Wars fans. <laughs> but when it comes to being an annoying Godzilla fan, I'm like, that's above and beyond. Um, <laughs> one day me and you will talk about it on mic. We definitely yeah. will. Um, but, okay, so, yeah, we've established we do love Disney, despite our misgivings with some things they do. I will always love the Disney parks or at least what they were. Um I hope one day I get Helena back. She's been asking and asking and asking, but I just can't afford it and it's a shame. There was a time I could afford it and I was going a lot. It's just I can't fathom like being able to afford going now. It's just become a thing that they really are appealing to one demographic and it's it's not me.
0: Yeah, it's definitely become a thing that you have to save up for. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's a shame, but I always have my memories. Anyway, Disney, Disney, Disney's Darkwing Duck—that's why we're here today. <laughs> um, see how I brought it back around. So, uh, <laughs> February of 2011, issue nine, uh, the first part of the foul disposition story arc. And let's talk about these two covers. Um, what does cover A look like, Tiffany?
0: It has a woman, and she's showing off a big portrait of a new version of Darkwing, which kind of looks like a version of him from Let's Get Respectable mixed with Lord Bravery from Freakazoid.
1: (laughs) But he doesn't have the frills, though. (laughs) Yeah. Freakazoid, what a good show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And then there's a man, a silhouette of a businessman in front looking at it. And you see Darkwing looking shocked at the image.
1: What is this cover and the beginning of the issue a parody of?
0: Um, uh, Mad Men.
1: <laughs> Which I think was like relatively new at the time. I'm not even sure. I never watched it. Did you?
0: Yeah, I watched it a little bit, but it was never a, a big thing for me. Um,
1: um So meanwhile, the cover A is all right, but let's talk about cover B.
0: Um, Cover B is a wanted poster of Steelbeak, and um, it kind of looks like an old Wild West poster.
1: It does, doesn't it? But it's cool.
0: Yeah, and um, it says crimes, larceny, grand larceny, great grand larceny. Dangerously suave reward, something nice for your troubles.
1: <laughs> I love it, and uh, of course, cover A was drawn by Silvani, and cover B was Sabrina Alberghetti. And what an amazing steel beak! Yeah, like she she can do no wrong when it comes to me and how she draws Darkwing Duck characters. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned in the last episode, but she uh, was an artist on Ed Ed, Netty, at least the later episodes. And you can totally see it in some of her art. Another good show. I did enjoy that show.
0: Yeah, it's great. So let's start talking about
1: our story here. Um, so we start at an ad agency. And what is happening? What's this meeting about, Tiffany?
0: So it's a meeting about fixing Darkwing's image because of the events that happened in the last story arc of yeah. the multiple Darkwings. And, um, the character that's talking about revamping him is named Duck Draper. just <laughs> mm-hmm. a Don Draper. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he's showing Darkwing an image for a campaign that has a family at a picnic and they're all wearing Darkwing hats and masks.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they, he, he says, meet the hero in all of us. And Darkwing is not happy. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't want to see anybody else trying to be him. He just wants to be unique.
0: Of and course. He,
1: of course, <laughs> yeah, it's Darkwing Duck. He gets up in an open window, starts, you know, giving a speech, monologuing, talking about how great it is to be Darkwing Duck and how he only he can be Darkwing. And then he slips out, a, out the window on a banana peel. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's very Darkwing Duck. it. Uh,
0: of course. <laughs>
1: And we get a lot of references just in these two pages. um, On the walls behind Duck Draper are portraits of the Jungle Cruise and the Haunted Mansion. Again, Disney Park stuff.
0: Hitchhiking ghosts.
1: Hitchhiking ghosts, (laughs) yes. And the character who drops the banana peel that uh, Darkwing falls on, you only see his feet and a little bit of his face, and it turns out to be who? Goofy. Goofy kind of gets around in this comic book. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I guess he lives in Saint Kennard.
1: <laughs> I guess so, or he works there. We never found out what Goofy did on Goof Troop. Maybe he lived in Saint, maybe he worked in Saint Kennard and commuted he there commuted. back and forth. Yeah, there you go. Um, so and they,
0: really, and it really, like Horace horse collar too.
1: You do get a quick glimpse, and it does look like a flesh-colored Horace horse collar. So when Darkwing falls out the window, we get this really weird panel—a full-page panel of Darkwing falling. And Launchpad, Goslin, Morgana, Megavolt, Negaduck, Bushroot, Quackerjack, and Liquidator, all reflected in the buildings as he falls. Why?
0: <laughs> I have no idea.
1: <laughs> it doesn't I don't understand what this even represents. Because these <laughs> characters are not, at least the villains are not in the story.
0: hmm
1: So Darkwing falls. And this next um next page. The gags that come up here are a perfect illustration of the differences between the boom version of the um, story and definitively dangerous version. I'm going to go through them because it's really interesting. So um, in the boom version, Darkwing crashes under the top of a building, smashes into almost uh, like a big wooden crate with an antenna, and he's all, he's all smashed up. And then Launchpad pulls up in the thunder quack and makes a comment about... You know, this that went a lot better than other meetings. And he makes a comment, I don't think the folks at Young and Rheumatoid are ever going to get the stains out of their carpet. Darking says he wants to be alone. The Launchpad's makes this really long-winded comment. He says, oh, sure thing to W, you know how I wanted to be alone after accidentally eating all that wax fruit at the uh, Wax Fruit Expo. And then he says goodbye, flies away, and Darking just goes, ow. Okay, so here's how the definitively dangerous version of this scene plays out. The first thing that happens after he crashes is Darkin goes, "This is the perfect snapshot of my life at this moment," which is which is funny. <laughs> Launchpad pulls up in the Thunderquack, and instead of the young and rheumatoid com- um, comment, he says something about, "I didn't think the building on the corner of Thaddeus and Stone would support the Thunderquack." Nice. (laughs) Great. A Tad Stones reference. Already, thats funnier. Then Launchpad starts to make that Wax Fruit Expo comment, but Darkwing cuts him off, and he's like, yeah, Wax Fruit Expo, right. As if to comment on the fact that it's a stupid comment to begin with. (laughs) Because in the Boom version, that's a stupid comment. And in Definitively Dangerous, he blows him off. Like he's heard this before. It's almost like meta-commentary. Yeah. And then when Launchpad flies away, the perfect punchline, Darkwing says, the worst part is, I landed on my keys. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so much funnier. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like this one page, the difference is the the perfect example of just how a few dialogue changes makes one version stronger than the other. Um, so let's move on because we're not gonna do this every time. There's a major change between the versions. What happens next, Tiffany?
0: Then Darkwing wakes up at a ringing sound and sees that someone broke into the library. And he jumps down and says, "Let's get literal."
1: <laughs> and the stone lion he jumps on is Lambert, the sleep, the um, uh, the sheepish lion.
0: <laughs> Love that.
1: Very obscure, I think, Disney cartoon reference most people would not get now. <laughs> Who's robbing the library?
0: Steelbeak. Can it's
1: he- Steelbeak, finally. <laughs>
0: yeah. And he has a bunch of books in his hand and says, Darkwing Duck, you gotta help me, or Darkwing. <laughs>
1: uh, I can, at least in this issue, I can hear Rob Paulson saying most of this dialogue. Yeah. Uh, it gets harder and harder. As the issues in the story arc go on. But at least for now. The dialogue. The voice acting would have to be a bit more nuanced. Because Steelbeak says a lot. In this issue. But I can still hear Rob saying it. So we're we're, we're still in a good place. With the story. I do like the timing. Steelbeak is standing there not saying something. Clutching the books. And Darkwing lowers the gas gun and says. What now? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Tiffany, um, as fast as you can, because this is a very wordy few pages, what is going on with Steelbeak?
0: So he's in, he's panicking and says, You gotta help me, I'm desperate, and um, explains uh, that foul has a plan that's even too evil and crazy for him. And um, says that they've summoned like the the worst evil they possibly could and Reveals that it's about Duck Thulu.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do we even Cause... have to explain what that's about?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, we K- all know Cthulhu, yeah. of
0: Cthulhu, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah. So oh. Steelbeak wants to team up with Darkwing to double-cross Foul. And yeah. Darkwing is Darkwing is worried this is like a double-double-cross where... He's really gonna double cross him.
0: A triple gonna, cross.
1: <laughs> the triple cross, as we're gonna see, Darping's actually right. No spoil. I mean, spoilers. You should have read this by now, folks. But <laughs> it's been it's been over ten years. But yeah, so Darping and Steelbeak are gonna join forces to stop Foul. Four pages of exposition later, that's pretty much what's happening. Um, Although we got a couple more references. Uh, We get Susie the Blue Coop, another obscure Disney cartoon reference. Yeah. So they take off in Steel Beach. Go
0: ahead. What I was going to say about that, I think that cartoon was like the inspiration for the look of the Cars movies.
1: (laughs) I think so, too. There's an MGM cartoon by Tex Avery called One Cab's Family, which is very similar to Mm. where the Cars have faces and they're alive. It could have been either. Either one could have inspired cars. So speaking of cars, Steelbeak has a flying car, which is pretty cool. And they're flying over St. Cunard together. And we get a familiar Disney bird. Who is this flying (laughs) up above them?
0: It's Wilbur from The Rescuers Down Under.
1: Nice. Before (laughs) we recorded, we weren't sure which bird it was, whether it was Wilbur or Orville. Um... They're so similar, I can't even keep track, and I'm a huge Disney fan. There's some fun dialogue where Darkwing is a little uh, jealous that Shush never sprang for a car this cool. <laughs> Steelbeak has a good dialogue. Those bums may have supposedly been on the right side of the law, but they were definitely on the wrong side of style. And Steelbeak is definitely playing this double cross really well. Like, you almost believe that he wants to team up with Darkwing. Yeah. So when Darkwing realizes it's almost eight o'clock, he asked still...
0: I was gonna say one thing is he's a little too like nice to Darkwing. A little
1: too chummy, yeah. Yeah. We know this isn't a partnership that's gonna last, which is why I have no problem saying he is gonna double cross him eventually. Um so they land by Drake's house. So Darkwing can put Goslin to bed. Aw. Go- Aw, Goslin. <laughs> um So Goslin wants to, you know, come fight crime with him, but Drake does not want to tell her what's going on. He's trying to keep this a secret and is basically saying, you know, not really much that needs to be done. I don't want you coming out on a school night. The gizmoduck suit is still in a million pieces. I want you to stay here. But I'm not really paying attention to the story because there are like a zillion Disney posters in Goslin's bedroom of a whole ton of characters mostly villains <laughs> tiffany do and, the honors tonight can you tell us all of these references
0: okay we got pain and panic lucifer smee or, um jasper and horace one that's a mystery i'm not sure yeah. um Ger- Ger- gergie king Again. Louis, <laughs> um, lampwick the heffalump as a bee um cronk jumba Another mystery one because it's obscured by a word bubble. Iago the parrot and um, Shock and Lock from Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: And we do get a few more next time we see Goslin's room, but um, (laughs) Darkwing is about to be an ultimate jerk to Morgana. I mean, he's always a jerk to her, Um, but here he's. (laughs) This is setting up this this story part of the story arc where where Morgana doesn't feel like she's wanted anymore. so he gets ready to go back out. And she wants to go with him to basically show St. Kennard how the city's new power couple can what they can do. And she's she's excited. She says, I'm back to my old self again. I want to weave that black magic. Darkwing kisses her goodnight and tells her that what where he's going, he doesn't think they'd make use of her skills. Which seems that doesn't sound terrible, but it also definitely seems cold. Yeah. And he leaves. He just closes the door and just walks out of there. Definitively dangerous makes it a little less mean. Instead of making that skills comment, he tells her he needs her to stay behind and babysit Goslin because that's a more dangerous job. <laughs> Which That is so much more true to Darkwing Duck. And it is is nowhere near as hurtful either, right?
0: Yeah. I love the idea of Morgana babysitting (laughs) Goslin.
1: I wish we could have seen more of that. (laughs) I wish these comics had room for, like, just bits of comic business and, like, pratfalls and sight gags and just detours that the show would have taken. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it can't really do that. I mean, with four issues in a story arc, you probably could have found time. But these things are just too plot-heavy for that. We do cut back to Goslin's bedroom, where what happens?
0: She hears a pshum sound and looks out the window and sees Darkwing and Steelbeak flying out in Steelbeak's car. And... and continue? what she, what she say? <laughs> she says um, she thinks that... Uh, there's no way that he would be working with Steelbeak, and that he must be under some mind control and that she needs to go out and help.
1: Yep. She, um, she says, well, there's one superhero. They won't count on showing up. Make that too. Uh, we know where this is going. Yeah. Although we do have more posters on her walls and some, a few other Disney references. Uh, Tiffany, once again, do the honors with those.
0: Yeah, you got um, Willie the Giant from Mickey and the Beanstalk, the wizard from Fantasia. What was his name again?
1: Gen Sid, Disney spelled backwards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Alligator from Fantasia, the Caterpillar, and um, you got a pink elephant um, do not enter poster on her door.
1: She also has a couple of the Toy Story characters on her dresser. She's got Ham and Jessie. Yeah. And so Goslin crawls out the window dressed as Quiverwing Quack behind Morgana, who is monologuing about being so frustrated in Darkwing because she helped him defeat Negaduck and Paddywhack and everything. And, you know, it's like, all that's important to him are thrills and glory. What is it I even want with him? And she's mad and she's questioning their relationship. And then she says, it would all be so easy if he didn't mean so much to me. The dialogue is okay. I don't mind the stuff she's saying here, but it, once again, I prefer definitively dangerous, where she's trying to make herself feel better by saying he must care about me. He's making me watch Goslin. It shows how much he trusts me. Which that makes me that makes me feel good to hear her say stuff like that. As a yeah. Darkling fan, I feel better about that dialogue. And it's, but it still ends with the same line. It would all be so easy if he didn't mean so much to me. But I do like her inner thoughts are about how Darkwing must trust her to watch Darkwing. I mean, to watch uh, <laughs> Goslin. I mean,
0: yeah, I don't like that she is only bringing up the paddywhack thing too because you know the character she's helped out multiple times. She could have just yep. said how many times do I have to save the day for him to not or for him to finally trust me. Would have made yeah. more
1: sense. <laughs> I mean, the trust thing has been a really big thing with Darkwing and Morgana throughout the entire show. It's always been about trust. And I you feel don't like that trust me. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Um, <laughs> and that and that was settled in Malice's restaurant. <laughs> like this shouldn't even be a matter of trust. So what I think definitively Dangerous does by having her convince herself, no, he trusts me, he's putting me in charge of Goslin. I think that's a smarter character growth yeah. for Morgana. But, you know, what are we going to do? Um, so, Steelbeak and Darkwing get to the old foul hideout from Steerminator And they have to, you know, sneak in because there could be guards. So, Darkwing ties up Steelbeak and takes him in as a prisoner. And they got some cool security measures. Um... One machine that scans Steelbeak's comb. Another one that scans his metal beak. And the door opens, and there's the Eggman. (laughs) And I love how they're drawn. Like, James Silvani remembers there are three different size Eggmans. Small, medium, and swole. (laughs) I mean, this this Eggman, the big one. Like, I've seen model sheets of the Eggman, and the biggest one was called Beefy Eggman. (laughs) So... <laughs> um yeah and this guy's beefy. This guy gives launch pad a run for his money. <laughs> yeah. So, cool action sequence here. You yeah. want to describe what happens, Tiff?
0: So, he says that he hasn't cracked some eggman in a while and wants to throw his gas gun up in the air and beat them up before the gas gun hits the ground. And you see him kick, punch and chop and it says biff, bam, pow. <laughs>
1: Very Adam West Batman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and he says, it's always a good sign when you make the classic sound effects.
1: (laughs) And then he says, um, and I see my stupendous sidearm has not hit, and then he's hit with it. Very (laughs) minor dialogue change, which I do want to mention in Definitively Dangerous. He doesn't mention the sidearm. He's still talking about himself. And he goes, dark wing, and then it falls on his head. (laughs) Which is... Again, I know I say this a lot, much more true to the show to have his to have his announcement of his name get cut off by something like that. No intro in this issue though. Yeah. So, Darkwing and Steelbeak end up in a room with lots of doors. All of a sudden they open up and they are surrounded by Eggman. And they you know they put up a big, they put up a pretty good facade. Steelbeak is his prisoner, and he, Darkwing captured him while he was walking in the park. Then Steelbeak <laughs> thanks Darkwing. He says, nice work, pal. And the eggmen are stupid, but they're not that stupid. They're like, they're in cahoots. Steelbeak just told Darkwing, nice work, pal. Um, and then Steelbeak says, I was complimenting his hat. <laughs> and, and the Eggman says, that's not a nice hat. <laughs> Darkwing's like, Hey! And then we get a great one-page panel of what I what must be thousands of Eggmen chasing yep. them, thousands of them.
0: I All like how- these
1: little Egg ha- helmets in the background.
0: And I like how there's multiple um, beefy ones.
1: <laughs> a lot of beefy ones, yeah. I swear, I think these guys are cloned.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a story arc someday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tr- Well, if stormtroopers are cloned, why can't the Eggmen (laughs) be cloned? You know, it's funny. I don't think I ever said this on the air, but do you know who the Eggmen were supposed to be sidekicks to? Who? Not Steelbeak. Tuscanini.
0: Whoa, weird. Think
1: about it, but it makes sense when you think about it. Who is the walrus? (laughs) And who are the Eggmen? That's awesome. (laughs) Cuckoo Kajube, right? (laughs) <laughs> the, the whole intent was the walrus and the eggman, and they were they eventually became Steelbeak sidekicks instead, which I think that makes more sense. I just can't picture it the other way around.
0: Yeah, and I like the penguins.
1: <laughs> I like the penguins too much to have lost them. So as we wrap up, Darkwing and Steelbeak jump into Steelbeak's flying cars. The Eggman give chase. They're flying around, and Steelbeak gets zapped right in the arm. Um, not badly, just nicks him. Obviously, you're not going to see blood or anything. Yeah. But then Steelbeak passes out behind the wheel, and Darkwing has to drive. To be continued. That's where we leave off. I don't think this is a bad first issue for the story arc. I, I'm i kind of okay with it. Um. So, what would you rate Part 1 of Foul Disposition?
0: I actually am going to give it a three and a half
1: <laughs> okay why would that be
0: i have some issues with the coloring i think the art is really great as always i cool. think um yeah like i was saying before the problem that he james Silvani was having with morgana is fixed in this um he,
1: he figured out her beak
0: yeah um but yeah the coloring is just really off for me and um It seems like it's a little rushed art-wise.
1: I can't imagine how much work it takes to get a comic out every month. Yeah. Especially with how detailed Silvani makes it. Like, he doesn't have to draw all those references, but he does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, my... Honestly, I think I'm going to give it a four. Only because I think this will be the most positive I am. (laughs) <laughs> with the issue with any issue from the story arc, it kind it, it begins to fall apart with the next issue. But this one is fine. Um, if a little wordy, the first half has way too much exposition. But Steelbeak is still written okay. It's fun to see him. I can hear Rob Paulson in my head. ah, uh, the the joke with him falling off the building and crashing onto the other one is funny, especially the way they fixed it. Um, and all that Eggman stuff toward the end is really great. And the art is as good as it always is. I mean, James Silvani is great. I mean, yeah, I can see the coloring problems that you have. Doesn't take away from the actual drawings, though. The drawings are still good. So I'll give it a four. Um That's, again, that's as high as I might get with the story arc. But I think this one starts off strong enough.
0: I also, um... I like that it's going in a H.P. Lovecraft direction.
1: <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. For now, I'm okay like with it. that. That's, that's yeah. to- I don't like the way it eventually ends. I think it becomes very half-baked very quick. But the concept is strong. I'm totally okay with where they're going right now. Yeah. Because it's easier to say that having read all of them. I think I I was a lot more positive towards it when I had first read it, not knowing where it was going. But looking back, you know, I know how this ends. But anyway, that's issue nine. So next week we'll be doing issue 10, obviously. Um, (laughs) Part two of uh, Val Disposition. We'll see exactly what's going on with that. Um, So yeah, I guess that's it for tonight. We got this one done in under a certain amount of time. Um, Tiffany, before we go, is there anything you want to discuss? Plug? How can people find you? Anything you want to get off your chest? Anything? <laughs> anything you want to talk about? Any other Disney stuff? Uh,
0: <laughs> hmm. Hmm. No, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> what was the most recent Disney thing you watched?
0: Huh. Most ah. Recent thing. Let's see. I watched so much of repeat stuff i'm trying to think of what i watched new doesn't and have then,
1: to be new but like the very last thing you watch it doesn't matter how old it is and how often you've watched it
0: um hmm i think i watched beauty and the beast again with the girls
1: <laughs> that's such a good movie
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah for me I, w- I was actually home from work today i had to do some ultrasounds because again i'm getting old and while i was waiting to go on to my doctor's appointment i watched um a first season episode of Ducktales I hadn't seen in a while. Um, Send in the clones. Have you seen that one? Nice. Yeah. I, I I really see. I know some people are hard on hard on the first epi- season episodes of Ducktales because it's a little, you know, it hasn't aged as well. You know, it definitely seems very 80s. I think Ducktales holds up fine. Yeah. I think I it that. really does, especially compared to some of the other garbage that was airing back then. I, and I love that episode. It's for anybody who says. DuckTales wasn't crazy and wacky early on. Haven't seen that episode recently. (laughs) Like, it's just crazy mistaken identity stuff the entire way through. And just it's a comedy of errors. And it's just, it's got more magic to dispel. DuckTales is stronger than people give it credit for. But I think people like to down on it now because of the new one, the new version of it.
0: I think they're just completely different.
1: They are completely different. I don't think it's really fair to hold one up against the other. Yeah. They do totally different things.
0: That's kind of my problem with people's criticism of new versions of things is that they're thinking they're just comparing like one to one instead of seeing it as its own entity.
1: We could have a whole conversation about reboots. We almost did, <laughs> but um, we'll save it for another pre-talk. Maybe next time or the time after that, we'll talk about reboots. Maybe not DuckTales, but like other stuff, perhaps. Um, so until then, we are the St. Kennard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Facebook, Pandora, iHeartRadio, um, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or uh, watch us on YouTube. Uh, where can they find you, Tiffany?
0: Um, I'm on YouTube as well, Radioact Tiffany, um, Tiffany not Tivity.
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs>
0: and... Um... <laughs> And on Instagram at Tiffany Silver Braun and at Rigor Detaining
1: Okay, so I guess you guys can uh, <laughs> catch up to us later. i was trying to do a steel beak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, bada boom, bada ping. <laughs> Hold your pants and spit out your gum. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I almost wrote that for Rob to say, but I thought it was too specific. <laughs> Okay, guys, until next time, everybody, have a really good day and stay dangerous.
0: Bye.
1: Good night.